the Djokovic fiasco has placed the backflipping and bungles of the coalition into the public realm and has now turned into a bit of an international embarrassment with the Djokovic's detention uh, stretching some 11 days. Look, our leadership has still not recognised the failure and is continuing to uphold a double standard on vaccination. George Christensen, a senator from North Queensland, has something like 111,000 followers on social media. Novak has a wider influence, of course. The coalition members spreading misinformation online have a significant reach and influence, a reach that Scott Morrison and Barnaby Joyce have failed to contain. What does it do? Well, it leaves many Australians a little confused and embarrassed on an international stage. While these politicians are entitled to their views, Australians who have shown strong support for the vaccination program deserve strong leadership that places a consistent focus on public health. I mean, what do you think? 131269. I certainly know what my next guest thinks. And that is the Federal Opposition Leader, Anthony Albanese. Good morning, Albo. Good morning. Good to be with you. Yeah, nice to talk to you again. All right, let's let's deal with uh, these recalcitrant uh, MPs first and foremost. A couple of them, Antich and uh, George Christensen. Why isn't Scott Morrison pulling them into line? Well, this is just a failure of leadership. Uh, Scott Morrison uh, has just presided over a circumstance which has been watched by the whole world of uh, the deportation of Novak Djokovic. Uh, Of course, it's the case that he was granted a visa in the first place is where the problem arises from. Uh, But at the same time, as uh, eventually uh, there was action taken, uh, there's been no action taken whatsoever against Alex Antic and yeah. George Christensen and Matt Canavan at various times has said some rather extraordinary things. Uh, these are people who are out there promoting ideas that are based upon conspiracy theories, mm. which, if listened to, would have uh, a bad health outcome uh, for people who would follow their advice. Uh, They've questioned uh, booster shots. Uh, They continue to uh, promote all sorts of of theories that are are pretty out there. It's dangerous too. Dangerous, Anthony. It is. It is. And look, Craig Kelly um, left the Liberal Party and and went and joined uh, his own operation, really, but the the, uh, UAP... Uh, and it is appropriate that if someone has views that are so dangerous on the fundamental issue that we're dealing with at the moment, this pandemic, yeah. then how is it that the, the Prime Minister can't even condemn the sort of comments that are made? I, I moved a motion in, in the Parliament about uh, uh, George Christensen. Yep. And, of course, uh, Scott Morrison couldn't say his name. It's like Voldemort. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I, I note that uh, uh, Barnaby Joyce is saying, oh, well, we can't deport these people. No one's saying that. No, well, that's making uh, a light of it. No one's saying yeah. that. That's just ridiculous. Yes. And once again, an example of whereby the coalition 
put up a, a, a straw man that, that no one's talking about mm. in order to have an argue with, argument with themselves. Well, what they need to do is to call this out, call it out consistently, yep. uh, whereas what they continue to do is to speak about, oh, well, it's their right to say whatever they like. Well, it is, as Australians, they can say whatever they like, but mm. these are government members. They shouldn't say whatever they like as members of the Australian government. All right, well, maybe um, people are waking up as the nation goes into the third year of the pandemic. I've re- referenced this poll this morning that shows a clear drop in the government's fortunes as the election approaches. Scott Morrison has taken a battering over summer. Soaring virus infections have fueled a backlash against him over his handling of the pandemic, slashing the primary vote from 39 to 34%. That's a, that's a big drop. Uh, Labor's in a strong position. I know you don't pay too much credence to these polls, Anthony, but it's, it's worth noting because there's a dramatic shift uh, that's cut the government's standing on every key measure of its performance. Voters seem to be losing confidence in Scott Morrison and the coalition on the economy, on jobs, health, but most importantly, I guess, right at this moment, uh, the response to the coronavirus. Look, I don't understand why in New South Wales, for instance, yesterday we, we, we received 1.2 million rapid antigen tests that arrived from somewhere overseas on board a Qantas freight, a flight, a freight a plane and they're being shipped off to a secretive location somewhere in Sydney. I mean, for goodness sake, the government was warned by the Australian Medical Association, by the trade unions, by many others, months ago, that rapid antigen tests were a way to keep a, a, a control or, or get an idea of where we're going in, with living with this virus. It's all well to say we're living with the virus, but why aren't they providing the tools to do so? Well, it's a tragedy that... In recent weeks, it's been easier to catch coronavirus than it has to find a rapid antigen test in too many parts of Australia. Uh, I spent 10 days uh, going from Cairns to Maryborough via uh, Innisfail and Townsville and Mackay, Rockhampton, Gladstone, and throughout uh, Queensland, but throughout the entire country, uh, it has been so difficult to find a rapid antigen test. And the real tragedy is, Marcus, that we're producing them here and exporting them overseas because the government, the Australian government, said basically they weren't interested in purchasing them when approached by these companies. It's exactly the same scenario that played out over the rollout of the vaccine uh, where Pfizer approached the government Mm. and got fobbed off and then uh, the Prime Minister's response was that it wasn't a race. Uh, this time last year, there was a real complacency. Oh, well, it's not a race. Uh, no problem. Nothing to see here. And it was similar around the lead up to Christmas, where the Prime Minister had a she'll be right, mate, attitude. And uh, I think that there are a few moments that will really stick with this Prime Minister. When the bushfire crisis came in his first summer, he said it wasn't a race. In the second summer, uh, when uh, the uh, coronavirus was hitting the pandemic, he said it wasn't a race. Mm. And this year, he went to the cricket and said, we're living with the virus, we're taking... uh, We're taking... Wickets. uh, Wickets with the virus. (laughs) At the the same time, as we were seeing an increase in deaths, 
an increase in ICU, an increase in hospitalisations. We've got our aged care facilities, uh, hundreds of them, that have have seen cases. We've got childcare centres which are shut, and we've got supermarket shelves which are empty. Well, that's which right. Are empty in that's so right. many areas. Look, nobody expects their prime minister to hold a hose. Nobody expects their prime minister to, uh, you know, to to be front and centre battling bushfires. All right, or, or any of these other. But they at least expect planning. You know, putting the measures in place so that those who are dealing with those that are holding the, you know, the metaphorical hose are given the resources in in order to to battle the thing. Not providing rapid antigen tests when obviously they're produced here in Australia. I mean, we've got Buckley's chance of getting a hold of them now. They're being sold overseas. Good on the Aussie entrepreneurs. It's a shame their own government didn't support them when they went to them. It's just extraordinary. Uh, people expect that the government will show leadership. People expect that the government won't go missing uh, in action whenever things get difficult. But the thing about this government also is that they wait until a problem becomes a crisis before they act. So whether it's the rollout of the vaccine, uh, whether it's even booster shots which are being delayed, uh, whether it was the Novak Djokovic saga, whereby something that wouldn't have been a big issue had he not been granted a visa in the first place and there were at least a couple of opportunities, one when the visa was issued Hmm. uh, two months ago uh, to to say, no, you don't comply. Um, Secondly, uh, when he attempted to board board the plane, Uh, at least two opportunities to do this cleanly and easily in a way that provided less embarrassment for Australia. Uh, But again, the problem became a crisis before there was any action. It's something that characterises this government. And and we have, over the the summer, been holding them to account. But we've also been out there putting forward practical ideas, practical ideas on converting the emergency response fund into a fund that will actually provide readiness for a natural disaster. Well, $200 million is the commitment so far. Uh, we got, what is it, $1.4 billion that was set aside years ago that's sitting there earning interest, $75 million-odd in interest, but not a cent going to bushfire victims or those well, affected by floods. a bit more than that, Marcus. It was $4 billion, <laughs> and, it, and it's go. risen to $4.7 billion, and they've spent... $17 million in the first three years, $17 million right. instead of $600 million. Mm. And at the same time, I visited Maryborough in Queensland yeah. uh, to thank the, the heroes of the uh, fire and emergency services as well as the SES and, and the rural fire service who were doing such an amazing job cleaning up Maryborough after the, the, the flood that arose from the cyclonic mm. conditions, of course, uh, but uh, there are so many areas where uh, we've put forward practical ideas. We put forward in Queensland uh, funding and, and support for the Great Barrier Reef as well. Uh, we, over the summer, of course, put forward 465,000 free take places to deal with the skills crisis, 20,000 additional university places. And, of course, we had our climate and energy policy that's been well-received uh, 
will create some 600,000 jobs. I visited the Rio Tinto Alumina Refinery in yep. Gladstone, and there, of course, they're looking at use of hydrogen and clean energy. They know that uh, moving to clean energy will save them money, make them more efficient, as well as looking after the environment, as does, uh, as does business across the board, which right. is why the Business Council and the Farmers Federation have all endorsed uh, our policy and appraised our policy we put out uh, just last month. So when do you expect the uh, the lever to be pulled on a, a federal election? Uh, May? Well, well, we're ready for, for March. Uh, okay, March. The truth is that mm. this Prime Minister never makes a decision if he can avoid it. He'll always defer till tomorrow rather than take action today. So it may well be that the election is held off until May. Yeah. Uh, if so, uh, we'll be ready whenever it's called. Uh, our job is to have a, an alternative program and in areas like childcare, job creation, national reconstruction, uh, the environment, including climate change and energy, uh, social policy, including women's safety, all of these issues, we have extensive policy alternatives out there yep. and we'll continue to promote them. All right. Uh, good to have you on, Albo. We'll chat again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Marcus. Federal Opposition Leader Anthony Albanese. <laughs>